friends, you're listening to Crickets to Cha-Chings, a show where we talk about all aspects of running a handmade business and marketing that business for success while still keeping a balance to have flexibility for your family. I'm your host, Lauren Keplinger, and I am so excited to get started. Let's jump right in. Everybody and welcome to this week's guest interview. Today we are having Katie Fleming on the show and she is going to talk to us about being overwhelmed and taking action anyway. So welcome Katie and welcome to the show. Can you give the listeners a little bit of your backstory? Who are you? What do you do? Who do you serve? Yeah. Thank you so much, Lauren, for having me and creating this amazing space of women that can really learn how to take their expertise online to Etsy. I love that expertise. So thanks for having me. But a little bit about who I am kind of offline as well as online is I'm Katie. We are Florida people. We live in Florida, married to my high school sweetheart and have two daughters. And so my story really started before I had kids. And I was sitting in a job. I was an accountant by trade, working in a bank, then moved into uh, working in operations at one of the top real estate brokerages and kind of running the show there. And what my heart always was, was how can I figure out how to do what I love and I'm good at, which is marketing and operations and systems and sales? And how can I do that in a way that's going to allow me to be able to be home with my kids and be a little more leveraged and you know be able to be the one to take them to daycare or to school or gymnastics or whatever that is. So that was always my heart. And I created this basically almost a six figure. It was about high five figures business where I was doing virtual work for people, operations and systems type stuff. And I realized that I had created essentially another job for myself. So it really was <laughs> this awakening for me to start to figure out, okay, how can I structure this thing in a way that's actually going to fill me up, allow me to you know, work in those 20 hours a week or less, which was my goal, but still make that income that I wanted to make. And so that's what set me on this journey of figuring it out for myself. And then now today, I get to coach women on how to do that for themselves, really figuring out what is that income goal? What's the amount of time you want to work? And how can we structure your business to fit that? I think that that is so great because I think that there's a lot of us that have built these businesses online that then you look back and you're like, wait a minute, this is not really where I wanted to be. And I find that a lot of people that when I have students that come into my program or potential students that are looking into it, they will say they're split between I'm worried that I will start selling on Etsy and I won't be successful. And then there's people who are like an equal number, I would say, of people who say, I'm worried that I will start selling on Etsy and I'll be too successful. (laughs) And what I always say and, and what I think is true, but sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around it is that there's a lot of steps in between getting started and being too successful. Usually it doesn't happen overnight. But also that this is your business, like you're the one that gets to determine what that looks like. And you're the one that that gets to look at it and say, no, this is not my dream job anymore. Like I want to not work full time or, you know, I want to make more money in less time or whatever. You have the control over that. Yeah. And I think, you know, if we're talking about overwhelm, that's one way we can control that is by in those moments, not making a decision today based on some future thing that may or may not happen, some fear, that's a 
different problem for a different day. Like cross that bridge when we get there kind of a thing. So I think like that's the first thing I wanted to say to that listener that's feeling overwhelmed today is, is what's in front of you now? How can you make the best decision today with the information you have that's going to serve you? And sure, like if you're fearing success or you're feeling failure, definitely get to the root of that. But don't let those things keep you back from taking your next step because you're afraid of some future potential step. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. So what advice do you have for that person that's kind of stuck in that area of not being able to take those first steps or just being so overwhelmed by all of the different things that they need to do that they are struggling to do anything? So I think it's really good when we're in this like this energy of overwhelm is to kind of put some light on it. So that looks like to me a lot of times getting out a piece of paper and writing down everything that's in my head, brain dumping all the things. Or it could look like articulating to your husband, you know, what's actually stressing you out. Like sometimes my husband will say, okay, like what's really (laughs) bothering you right now? And me just being able to say it and articulate it, I start to realize, okay, that's actually kind of crazy. Like it doesn't really matter. You know, and sometimes it takes that outside person to look in and be like, eh, you realize you're kind of stressing for no reason. But, you know, from just a personal standpoint, not bringing other people into it, if you can get all of the things in your head out on paper and start to really think, what do I need actually to move forward? What can I get rid of that really doesn't matter? And what are these things that like maybe unnecessary pressures you're putting on yourself? Oh, that is such a huge one for me. <laughs> like when I really boil down to what is stressing me out, like nine times out of 10, I am stressing me out. <laughs> yeah. And us type A driven women, like it's so normal for us to put more on our plates than we really need. Yes, I agree. And I think it's such great advice to to get it out of your head. I think that there are so many times that you feel really, really bogged down with oh my gosh, I have so much that I need to do, whether that is in your personal life or your business life or where they overlap each other. It's like, I have all these things that are demanding of me. But when you actually bring it to a piece of paper, bring it out of your head, you're like, you become more able to tackle it. Like, okay, I need to do this thing. And then I need to do this thing. And I need to do this thing. You also become more productive, I think. Yeah. And, and you know what I know to be true is what you focus on expands. So if we sit here and we say, I'm overwhelmed, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, or whatever that language is you're putting around this, you're going to continually be in that state. So we've got to put some illumination on it. We've got to kind of put a little flashlight on it and say, here's what we're actually looking at so that you can actually get down to the root of the issue, remove what you don't need and, and go from there. So you're telling me I'm overwhelmed because my mindset is in the wrong place. I really think, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that's where it starts because think about it. Like you're spinning so many stories and I say you, but really I'm talking to myself. We're (laughs) spinning so many stories in our heads about what this means. And sometimes you don't even know what that thought is until you get it out on paper to your husband, to a friend, whatever that looks like. You say it. Sometimes I talk to myself and just am like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I feel. And like, I start to realize this is kind of crazy. So yeah, I think it really starts with that mindset. I think that that is so true. And I love what you said of like, what does this really mean to allow yourself to sit in that space and say, okay, what if I open my Etsy shop and nobody buys? What does that really mean? Because if you don't call it out, 
and really think about it deeply, it means like, I'm a failure. Everybody hates me. Nobody wants to support me. My products are horrible and on and on. (laughs) But when you actually allow yourself to sit in that space and say, what does that actually mean? It really means a lot less. It means less about you as a person, less about your entrepreneurial efforts. It just means that, you know, nobody bought your product yet. Yeah. And I mean, such a good point. It's really hard as entrepreneurs to separate the emotion from the data. And, you know, what does it mean? A lot of times our brains automatically go to, what does this mean about me? Like you said, I'm a failure. I should shut this down. I shouldn't be an entrepreneur. Must be doing something wrong. This never works for me. You know, it works for everybody else. You know, all these thoughts and things that you start to spin. But, you know, the best way to really approach that is to look at it like data. There's a solution. You're just, this is data to help you make a better decision going forward. Maybe you need to get Lauren's help on addressing your niche, or maybe your photos just need to be a little better or clearer, whatever. Like there can be some slight tweaks that you can make once you're in the right mindset and headspace to see that solution. Yeah. I also think that a lot of times people really underestimate how many iterations of what people have done. Like they look at their, a person that's further ahead of them or a person online that's successful and they underestimate how many times that person has failed at what they were doing before they were successful at what they're seeing now or how long it's taken. Like they underestimate everybody else's effort to get to that place and So then you feel like you're falling behind or it's so much easier for everybody else and maybe you're just not cut out for it or whatever, which just spirals. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I did a post actually last week that was about how you feel like you're the only one getting crickets on your post, but really all the people you've been looking up to in online business, they had the same things happen when they started. So keep going. So the message here for your Etsy gals is... You know, when you're starting it, you you can't compare yourself or your store to somebody who's been in this thing like Lauren for over seven years. You know, you've got to keep on and know that your journey is your journey and there's going to be ups and downs just like everybody else has experienced. And the the trick here is keep going. That's great advice. (laughs) So when you first started working with people, what did this look like for you as you were building your business? And how has that changed or ebbed and flowed as you have kind of found your, you know, rhythm of how much you wanted to work in order to have the business that you wanted to have? So for me, time with my kids was non-negotiable. So in the early days, it looked very slow. My progress was not as quick as I would have liked if I was comparing to you know some dude online who doesn't have kids <laughs> or a family and works 70, 80 hours a week, right? So I think right. it was a lot of expectations that I had to adjust for myself and Originally, I was selling a lot of low ticket things like little ebooks or little workshops or whatever. And it wasn't bringing the transformation for my clients that I wanted for them. And it also wasn't bringing the profit that I needed to sustain like all the free content, all the things we do. So that's kind of what led me to shifting my business model. And now today, like just helping mom entrepreneurs create their own high ticket, highly transformative offer based on their expertise. And what does your schedule, your weekly or daily schedule look like now in that business? 
Yeah. So like I said, 15 to 20 hours a week max is what I work. And our schedule as a family changes pretty darn frequently. I would say every quarter we have like a new a new normal we have to kind of adjust to. And so really, I mean, it looks like working while my kids are in school. My oldest is kindergarten, so she's in school pretty much all day. And my youngest is in preschool three days a week. So, you know, that's that's coaching calls on those three days where they're both out of the house and I can get that done. And it's supporting my clients as well like during the other times. And then the marketing efforts. So 15 to 20 hours a week max is what we're talking. Do you feel like you would be able to build your business faster or have a bigger business if you worked more than 20 hours a week? So about three years ago, I would say I started to have this thought that even if I had more time, I would probably still cap myself productivity wise. Mm -hmm. So no, I really don't think so. I think as for me specifically, speaking for myself, I need spaciousness in my schedule. I need some of that um, white space to just be and think and do. So, you know, I think if I did try to cram it, if I did do 40 hours, I think that like creativity and the way I serve my clients would not be as strong. So yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, uh, it's not worth the trade off for me, you know? I think that that is such a good point because I actually have found that to be true for myself. And I think that it's sort of this fallacy that people buy into that they don't have enough time where it's really not a matter of time. A lot of times it's a matter of focus or like having a plan for what you're trying to accomplish in that time. And I found like last year, I had my child was in preschool five days a week for three hours a day. So I had, you know, 15 hours a week that I had my youngest one, my other ones are in school, but my youngest one was in preschool and I accomplished what I accomplished. And then this year I've put her in full-time daycare. So she's there for the same hours that the older kids are. She's there from eight to three. And it's like, I kind of just still accomplish the same thing. Like, I don't know that my productivity has actually gone up. It's just expanded to fill the time. And I've heard this actually, apparently I am not an anomaly in that, that your, your work basically expands to fill the time that you allow it to expand. And so it's really not a time issue when people say like, I just don't know if I have enough time. It's a matter of like not being focused enough in the time that you do have. Yes. Yes. And ta- like I say it this way, that tasks will match and fit the container that you give them. So it's a matter yeah. of focus, like you said, but also doing the right things. Like what is actually right. going to drive your business forward? Is it, I'm trying to think of an example for your people, but like I don't know, is it browsing Etsy 24-7 trying to find your newest product offering? Or could it be looking at your current lineup and figuring out which one's the most profitable and going all in on that one? You know? Yes. And that is such a huge part of what I teach in my course and what I stress to people so much is that there are a variety of different ways to skin a cat. Like you can follow somebody's advice from A to Z. And there's a variety of different ways that you can build your shop online. But if you jump from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, you're never going to get there because what you end up doing... And the example that I use a lot with my students is like, if you follow somebody that says that you should build an email list for your Etsy shop, and then you go down this rabbit hole of spending 
you know, a week trying to set up this email list and get people to sign up. And then you read some other advice that says you should build a blog and drive traffic from Pinterest to your blog, to your Etsy shop. And then you spend like an unknown amount of time trying to do that. <laughs> like uh, go down this deep, dark hole of trying to build a blog online. And then you find somebody else that says you should work on your SEO and really focus on that. And then like you're going to accomplish nothing because you're not going far enough into one task to actually make it successful. And you're not focused on the things that actually do. It's like these these jobs that keep you busy, but they're not actually doing anything for you. It's just busy work. It's like when you were in school and you just had busy work. It's like taking your time, but it's not actually doing anything for you. Oh, yeah. And that is a big one for the ladies that come to work with me where they're like, wait, what do you mean I don't have to pin 20 times a day or I don't have to blog once a week or I don't have to do all this stuff that I thought I did have to do. And you know, I think we all kind of want the roadmap. We want somebody to be like, hey, Lauren, take this step mm-hmm. and then, then go here, duck a little bit, go to the left, and then there you go. But it's right. just not going to happen. And if you can find a mentor or somebody that can help you kind of move the dirt around and find your own path, your own strategy that's going to work for you, that's going right. to uh, serve you in the long term a lot better. Yeah. I get the same thing with people that come into my community and I'll say, I've never had a blog for my Etsy shop. I think you're wasting your time setting up a blog for your Etsy shop. It's not going... I mean, it's such a long range plan that it's just not even worth your time. And they will say to me, oh my gosh, that's such a relief. Like it's a relief for you to take that off my plate. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, you're allowed to take it off your own plate. Like (laughs) you don't have to wait for me to give you permission to not do that or not stress about it. But I think that people, especially people that are newer to the space, they have trouble drawing that boundary of like, but what if that is the ticket? Like, what if that is my ticket to being really successful? Or what if I nix the wrong thing and I don't even realize it? Okay, I am jumping in really quick to say if you are listening to this episode and you are nodding your head because this is you, you are that person who is really struggling to prioritize the most important activity for your business or to figure out exactly what your next step is, head over to creativemomboss.com forward slash learn to see the courses that I have available for you. There is a course for most people, no matter what stage you are in your business, whether you are just getting started, whether you need help with your business picking up and actually gaining some momentum, or if you have momentum and you just wanna take it to the next level. creativemomboss.com forward slash learn. Don't waste your time on those activities that are not doing anything to make your business successful. Make sure that you're doing things that move the needle forward. Okay, back to the episode. I mean, we've been told and conditioned our entire life through school system and through whatever else that to do things a certain way and here's your instructions, go do it. So it's no surprise that we get into entrepreneurship and we're like, yeah, okay, what do I do? <laughs> so, right. Somebody give me a plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing that you can, and it's not an overnight thing, and I'm not going to tell you something that's going to make it click and you're going to do it. It's going to be continually learning and doing this, but trust yourself. You have the answers. Yeah. Give yourself your own permission. You don't need anybody else to do that. Um, If you do need some permission, here's Lauren and I today giving you permission to do whatever you need (laughs) to do. (laughs) Right. Take it off your plate if you don't like it, if you don't want to do it, if the thought of doing it fills you with absolute dread, then that is not the best way of building your business. (laughs) So 
talk to me about taking that inaction for people who are just absolutely caught up in a web of perfectionism. Like they want to launch the absolute perfect business that looks completely professional and has all of the answers to all of their entrepreneurial questions right out of the gate. And so they're stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I was head of the club perfectionists. I mean, like I was head <laughs> yeah. of So I've been there. But here's like the coolest thing is messy action is going to get you into movement, into motion. It's going to start bringing some results. But you've got to get to that point where you're like, you know what? I know it's not perfect. Sure, there's a bunch of things I could do. But the best thing I can do right now for my business, for these people that want to buy my products is to just get out there and do it. Jump. Okay? So just do it. Even though you feel like it's going to be messy. Messy is so, so good as long as it's action. Messy action. Well, and I think the thing about messy action is that it's impossible to not take messy action. Like if you are trying to have that perfect thing, that perfect everything from the get-go, you're never going to get there. It's never going to be perfect. And what I have found with, you know, after doing customer service for seven years selling on Etsy is that no matter how hard you try to make it perfect, you're going to have people who come back to you and say, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't what I expected. Leave you a bad review, whatever. Even if you have gotten to the point that you feel like everything is totally squared away and this is the absolute best product, there's always going to be critics. So it's, it is literally impossible to take perfect action. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And if you sit waiting for it to be perfect, you're going to, like you said, not ever have anything launched. You're going to spend a ton of money on, you know, the fees and the thing. Like, I don't know if Etsy has hosting fees, but if you've got a website or something, you're spending a ton of time and money on, you know, setting up stuff to never have a profit or revenue come in the door. Where do you think that comes from for people mentally? Like, why do they get stuck in that space? So, I mean, probably a fear of what will people think, you know? Or am I enough? So I think those are two of the big fears that pretty much everything boils down to is I'm not enough. Who am I to do X, Y, Z? Or what will people think if I put this out there? If I do a live stream, if I open this Etsy store and like, what will Sally think about this little thing I created? You know, like we have all these weird thoughts and things in our head about what it means to put something out there. So if you can figure that out and kind of turn the story around, uh, that'll be powerful for you. Do you have any advice on steps to take to do that? So you've got to figure out what it actually is. So when I was first starting to be social on social media <laughs> for like business purposes about five years ago, I had a person in my head. Every time I posted, I thought about this person and I thought, what will they think? And so what I did in that moment was unfriend them. <laughs> And as weird as that sounds, it's what allowed me to kind of confidently just show up. So you've got to figure out what is your thing that's holding you back and then how can you silence it? So it was like a real person that you actually... It was. ...had as a follower or whatever. Yeah. It was a person in my real life <laughs> that I knew. <laughs> and for some reason, they had a grip on my mindset. And uh -huh. I, was, I was just sick of giving away my power to them. And it, you know, that initial step, it wasn't an overnight kind of a fix, but that initial step was unfriending. And then just eventually just, it stopped being a problem, you know? So I thought I was the only one that, <laughs> that had those people because I also have those people online. My business and my personal Instagram are different. 
So I don't really do a lot like ever with my or my personal one because of that. But it's been really interesting to me, like over the past, I would say probably six months or so, you know, they always do those studies and stuff that tell you like, looking at social media or comparison, blah, 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 with social media, like makes you more anxious and all that stuff. And I started thinking there's like two people (laughs) that I follow, or I used to follow, I don't actually follow them anymore. So pat myself on the back for that that I used to follow. And and it was like, every time I would look at their Instagram, and these are people I know in real life, not just like, you know, random Instagram accounts or something. They're, they're people that I know in real life. And every time I would look at them, I would find myself even just like, I wasn't paying attention to how I felt or anything, but I would like, be like, <sighs> like after I looked at their Instagram account and have this feeling of like, I hope they're not watching this video that I put in my business account, or I hope they're not looking at that. Or what if they're looking at my followers? I don't know. Just these stories that you tell yourself, because you're right. Like, first off, nobody really cares about what we're doing as much as we think they do. And secondly, I'm not even friends with these people. Like, they're just people I know. (laughs) So why am I allowing them to have this? It's like... Yes, it's this control. And it's like buying into like when you were in school, and there's like this mean girl and you're like, I don't even like her, but I want her to like me. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm 34. Why am I still doing this? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So unfriend them. Oh, my goodness. Giving yourself right. So I did. I do. We're not friends anymore. But I still have moments of weakness where I go check out their profiles. And then I'm like, Oh, no, no, this is why I don't do this anymore. I feel like crap after I do this. You're not alone. And, you know, a lot of times with my clients, they'll be a little bit timid to show up fully in their expert status online. And, you know, one of those questions I ask is, is there anyone you're concerned about when you post? And there inevitably always is. So figuring out how to silence that voice that's got a grip on you. I think that's that's really interesting. And I think that as an Etsy seller, like, well, and even in like the coaching world and and all of it really with business, it's like, as a woman and a mom and somebody who is doing this as, you know, like working at home and entrepreneurship in general, maybe I don't know, you get a lot of like, sort of patronizing, like I still get it. So seven years into my Etsy business, making well over six figures with my Etsy shop, I have people that say, it's really nice that you have something that keeps you busy while your kids are at school. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. And I don't really care anymore. You know, like I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, think what you want. But I do think that there's a piece of that that plays into how you show up online and how you have that expert status that you're talking about where you say, no, this is actually a real business. And I'm making like, four times the amount of money that I made when I worked full time in a bank, working 12 hours a week on my Etsy shop. So it's not like a cute little patronizing thing that you're patting me on the head and telling me good job for keeping myself busy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And women like you and I, we're going to change the narrative on that. It's not going to be how it is forever. But you know, we recently a couple weeks ago had a big schedule change in our week just on one day. And I had a tons of podcast episodes lined up for my show. And my husband had to be away for the day and I needed him to be around to help me. (laughs) Right. And, you know, in those moments, I get really angry. And I'm like, do they even know? Like, I'm not just I'm not a stay at home mom. Not that there's there's anything wrong with it. But 
it's interesting how the, the world outside of the business space doesn't quite understand that, yes, we are home, but we're working, <laughs> like we're doing stuff too. So, Right. I think part of that, at least for me, is somewhat self-imposed. Like it has taken me up until probably a year and a half ago before I actually said to people when they would ask, I mean, for years, and I was working like more than full time in my Etsy shop and they would ask me what I, you know, do I stay home or do I work? And I would say, I'm a stay at home mom, even though like I wasn't a stay at home mom, like I was home, but I was super stressed being at home with my children while I was actually working. (laughs) It's taken me years to get to the point that I present that differently when people ask that question. And I still struggle with it a little bit. Like I still, it's like, I'm almost apologetic. Like I work, well, I have an Etsy shop and I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if that's like a, I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, so like I vividly remember like probably six months ago, I got asked that question in a dentist chair and I was like, I don't even want to go there. I know the question to ask. So I'm like, eh, I own my own business. Let's leave it there. Uh (laughs) I just don't want to talk to you today. (laughs) So like sometimes it's that. Um, But yeah, that's interesting about what's holding you back from fully expressing your expertise in this area. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I do online. Like I feel like I actually show up online more so than I do in my, you know, in my real life. But I don't know. I think it's an interesting thing. And I think that I think part of it probably goes back and I see this in my students and in my community is that a lot of people got started in this business as stay at home mom, side hustle, nap time hustle, that kind of thing. And so then to transition from that mindset of, you know, I work for two hours a day when my kids are napping to no, this is actually a business that's really bringing in a consistent and solid income and I'm working a little bit more or more consistently, I guess. I'm not, you know, I don't work that many hours anymore, but but I'm more consistent about it. Like it, it is a business. It's not just a hobby business. Um, and I think making that mental transition has taken longer than the business transition. <laughs> yeah, that's a big transition. Transitioning from side hustle to, no, I'm the CEO. I run this thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you could go back in time and start all over again, what do you wish that you would have known or that you would have had a better handle on when you first got started? That, oh my gosh, that you can't mess it up. <laughs> and this goes back to the whole messy action perfectionist thing. You really can't mess this up. The only way you can mess it up is by not doing anything. So everything is a journey. And I kind of talked about this earlier, but I spent a long time fretting over wasted experiences like, oh, had I known this when I did that, then I wouldn't have, you know, ruined it or whatever that looks like. Or, you know, spending a lot of time just mulling in that perfectionism, waiting until things were perfect. So the biggest message here is get started now. You can't mess it up. I think that's excellent advice. And I agree with you with the perfectionism. A lot of times, not only is it present before you take the action, but then it's also present after you take the action and you spend all of this time analyzing and reanalyzing the things that you've already done. And, oh, I wish I would have, you know, started a year ago. I wish I would have done this when I first started out kicking yourself and it doesn't serve you in your business to do that, that, you know, everything is such a learning process and 
you know, I mean, obviously, we can both look back at things and say, like, I wish I could have the knowledge that I have right now and start over seven years ago and not spend all that time working like 50 hours a week to build the business. But, you know, it is what it is. And you get to, you know, all that really matters is that going forward, you make the decisions that serve where you actually want to be in your life. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about your journey like a big long path, there's going to be winds and turns and different roads you can go down that you don't even see right now. So you just need to take that next step that's right there for you. And the rest of the road will open up for you. You don't have to have it all figured out today. Yes. I love that. Well, Katie, if people are looking to find you online and connect with you further, where can they find you? Where do you like to hang out online? Yeah. So my favorite place, Instagram, come on over, like screenshot your show today, tag Lauren and I, I am at Katie Fleming over there. Let us know what you loved from this episode. But that is really, I love hanging out in the DMs with the ladies in my community, just getting to know their businesses, where they are and all that good stuff. But in terms of online, you can find us at katiefleming.co. That's great. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing your wisdom and your permission to take that imperfect action and allow those things to fall into place in an organic way. I have enjoyed this conversation so much. So thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been awesome. So that's all for today on the Cricket Stitch Ching podcast. I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode and I hope that you enjoyed all the wisdom that Katie shared about building a business and managing those priorities and just having a balance in our real lives. I will see you next week right back here. Same time, same place. Bye for now. Bye.